Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. C3 family, what a pleasure it is to be speaking with you today in our church services all around the world. I wanted to share with you something that I believe is very important from God to our congregations and to our churches everywhere in the world today. We are moving into a new day with new oil at a new level and with new wine. I believe that there is new things that God is bringing in upon us that will cause us to expand, become bigger people, discover greater levels of the power of God and of the blessings of heaven coming on our lives. Let me read this passage to you. Luke 5:37. No one pours new wine into all wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the wineskins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. New wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking the old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. This is a fascinating piece of humanity where we, we ache for the old. We get sentimental and nostalgic and we think the old was better. But God wants to create momentum in our lives, which means going from one moment where we maximize that moment, take advantage of it, make the full opportunity of a moment that God gives us. And then that will give us traction into the next moment. And life is a string of moment, moments which creates the word momentum. As we keep stepping out, we will find that the power of God is with us. Never does God do anything without actually engaging you and I in the process. So for us to go to new levels, we need to take the step of faith. Jesus didn't say to the gentleman who had been sick for 38 years, hey, just stay there. Healing's going to come. He said, stand up, pick up your bed and walk. And as, as he did that, that thought had never entered his head before. He was thinking, I'm going to get healed by another way. But as soon as Jesus said that, he discovered new wine. He got a new structure in his thinking. I can walk. And when he decided to take that step of faith, he found new wine, the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon him. You don't find Jesus saying to the blind guy, just stay there. Healing's going to come. He says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. To the 10 lepers, he didn't say, just hang over there, guys. Healing's coming to you if you just stay where you are. When we are stuck, we will find not a lot happens. But getting unstuck means we'll hear God, we take a step and move into our future. I believe all around C3, we are seeing changes. We are seeing momentum. We are seeing people get traction as we take steps of faith and move into a new day with new wine, new revival, and a new fresh power from heaven coming upon us. As we, as we gain momentum, one of the, the great benefits of stepping out is discovering the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, you and I in our congregations, we need to host the Holy Spirit. We need to remember that why we gather is so that we can worship. I would like to think that every one of us are front-footed, leaning into that worship moment in our church services. 
I would like to believe that we would grow from our around 100 to 120,000 people in church on every Sunday to there being a million worshipers in the house of God. Just as a goal for you and I as C3 congregations, that there will come a Sunday in the future, in the not too far distant future, where there are a million worshipers in our congregations all around the world. And the reason I say worshipers is because I know that that is the environment, that is the atmosphere, that is the action of God's people that invokes the presence of God, that houses the God of heaven and earth, that hosts the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says, I want you to stir up the gift that is in you. Paul speaks to Timothy and he says, I'm reminding you to stir up that gift that God has put on the inside of you. And when we stir up that gift in 2 Timothy 1.6, when we stir that gift up, we will find that the Holy Spirit is that gift and it manifests in some supernatural way. I believe with all my heart that we are in an age and a time where people in the world are searching for answers that are supernatural, not just natural. And I also believe that church people are getting bored and tired with doing church the way we've always done it. There is a new fresh element that we need to be reminded to stir up the Holy Spirit. Now, when I say we need to be open to hosting the Spirit of God in our services, that means there may be a need for us to create new wineskins for new wine. In our congregation, I've told our people, we're having longer services, people, because we shorten them to try and accommodate for people's time-poor, busy lives. But I found no one really clapped when I said that. But when I told them recently, we're having longer church services, people, so that we can linger longer in the presence of God. Not so I can preach longer, but so that we can actually spend more time soaking in the presence of God, letting His Spirit fill our lives. Now, that doesn't mean we're just every service, we're going to go on for hours and hours or anything. It just means I wanted people to have a new wineskin thinking and actually structure ourselves with our children's ministry, with our servant, serving people, with our volunteers, so that everybody would be on the page. Everybody was applauding, saying, yes, we're hungry for God. There is a hunger and a thirst for the Holy Spirit and for the outpouring of God's presence in every heart right around the world, especially in the church. This is a really great sign. That hunger and thirst means that God is planning on visiting us in an unprecedented way to take us all up a level, to take us into new realms. And so Paul says to Timothy, I remind you, because we forget. He said, I remind you to stir up or fan into flame, literally is what it means, the gift that is within you. Now, Jude, he says, you will do this. You will stir up your faith. You will build up your faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. And that means speaking in tongues. That means speaking in a heavenly language. Stir up that gift. And as you unlock that, you will tune your spirit to hear the voice of God. You will cause life to come into your inner man. 
And as you stir up a gift that you have not been using, maybe such as prophecy or helps or giving or evangelism, every single one of us in our congregations, as we stir up the gift that God has given us, we will find that that is the most exciting and encouraging and nourishing thing we can do for our spiritual life. Jesus says, my food, my nourishment is to do the will of Him who sent me. So when every one of us in our congregation say, yeah, I'm putting my hand up to serve with my gift, with what I can do. I can greet people. I can help count things. I can, I can be a car park attendant. I can serve in any area. When we stir up that gift, we will find ourselves actually feeling revival on the inside. We'll find a fire coming in. Now, Paul says it again to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14. He says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. So impartation comes through prophecy, through ministry, through the laying on of hands, and gifts can be imparted into people's lives. And he is saying, don't neglect that gift. Don't be looking at other people's gifts and saying, oh, I wish I could, I could do what they do. You've got a gift. Some people have the gift of cooking, hospitality. There are other people who don't. <laughs> and you, know, you don't want to be eating the food of the people who can't cook. But, but some people, they can welcome people into their homes, provide meals, help at church. Never underestimate the power of hospitality to win people into the kingdom and to establish them in the house of God. Every one of us have a gift. I'm believing that as we become worshipers who house and host the Holy Spirit, we will find that we stir up the gifts that are on the inside of every single one of us and that by that gift, we will cause great growth, great expansion in the church and great revival in our people. Let me pray for you as I close. Father, I pray for the great gift of the Holy Spirit to be filling every single one of our members, every single person who's in the house of God, every single attender, every guest, every worshiper, so that, Lord, we would experience the fullness of being God's people on planet Earth today in Jesus' name. God bless you. Look forward to talking with you again soon. Fantastic. Wow, wasn't that just great? Yeah, that's right. Give it a round of applause there. Uh, that's the founder of our movement, Pastor Phil Pringle. And what, a, what an encouraging message to us. And so I'm, I'm going to flow uh, out of that right now. And so I invite you to turn to your Bibles to Hosea, uh, verse 10, chapter uh, verse 10. Uh, chapter 10, there we go, verse 12, that's the one. So for yourselves, righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up the unplowed ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. Well, this was a verse that hallmarked our 24 hours of prayer that we had recently at C3 Hepburn Heights. And we also held uh, some of that, those hours here at Quinn's Beach. And so some of you may have heard since then, Pastor Jay Schroeder actually preach on this verse. And if you haven't, I encourage you to, to get the podcast of that and have a listen to it. Because in that, he unpacked that there was a stirring in his heart that there is a call from God in this season of our church across our locations and for us as individuals that it is time 
time. Uh, it is time for us to go to a new level in our faith. Uh, it is time for us to hunger for more of Him. And in that video we just saw, uh, Pastor Phil you know, brought this message to us uh, that C3 is entering a new day uh, where God is wanting to pour new wine into new wineskins. How great is that? One of the things that you may have heard Pastor Phil say there is when we are stuck, not a lot happens. Getting unstuck means we hear God, we take a step and move into our future. So what does this look like? How do we get unstuck? Well, how do we get stuck in the first place? Well, where to begin? It's a little thing called life that I want to talk about today. So how about disappointment or fear, uh, financial problems, relationship issues, hurt, ill health? And I'm sure we could all add to that list. We know that in life we will face obstacles that present challenges and at times we get stuck in that place where there's no movement and therefore no momentum. I think sometimes it's because we don't have a plan of how to get unstuck or we're not sure how to push through so we don't remain stuck. It's like being in a battle without a battle plan. You wouldn't see the military walk into some sort of battle and not have a strategic plan for how they're going to defeat their enemy. You wouldn't see a sport team go onto the field and not have a game plan of how they want to, uh, how they want to play against the opponent to defeat them. It's not really that different for us as Christians. We need to have a plan for how to defeat the enemy. We are in a spiritual battle with an enemy who wants us to be stuck. And so we need to employ a plan, a strategy for how to get unstuck and stay unstuck. So how do we do this? Well, the first thing that Pastor Phil says is we hear God. How do we hear God? We primarily hear Him through this, the Word of God. So the first point there about getting unstuck is spending time in the Word of God. We need the Word of God, like our physical body needs oxygen to live. And when we neglect this area, it has a profound impact on us. We starve our spiritual bodies of nourishment. We so desperately need His Word alive in our hearts. I so desperately need His Word alive in my heart. And spending time reading and meditating on His Word is a crucial element in getting unstuck and staying unstuck. This is a weapon. It is a weapon and the enemy doesn't like it when Christians are filled with his words, with uh, the words of God. And so he'll do anything to distract us from spending that time reading it and meditating on his words. And maybe you're here today and, and you feel you're in a place where you feel like God isn't speaking to you. Well, can I encourage you that he is. The Bible from the start to the finish is filled with his words to us. Perhaps you have a desire to grow in this area. You're not quite sure where to start. Uh, can I encourage you to download the YouVersion Bible app? And on there, you'll find lots of devotionals. You'll find whole and part Bible studies that you can download and work your way through. There are so many options for us, especially these days in our current culture, that we can access the Word. We can listen to the Bible on audio. And so there are lots of options for us. And we need to really be uh, in, in fostering and building healthy habits in our world. And, and that's just one tool that you can use. The thing is, if we want to get unstuck, we need His Word first and foremost alive in our hearts. That is a, a hugely important uh, step for us to take. Number two, praying in tongues. 
So I didn't grow up in a church where praying in tongues was encouraged or really spoken about. And when I studied counselling about six years ago, uh, the topic of praying in tongues was brought up. And I was quite sceptical initially, uh, although I was, I was interested as well. Uh, and this prompted a conversation with a friend who I'd heard praying in tongues. And this friend said to me, why don't you ask God for the gift of praying in tongues? And I considered that for a while. Uh, and seeing my friend continue to exercise that gift, I found that it slowly chipped away at some of the preconceived notions and fears that I had around this topic. And about this time, I was transitioning into C3 Hepburn Heights, and I'd been there for a matter of weeks. Uh, and I was in my room one day, interceding for a friend, and it happened like that in a moment. Uh, and I realised, oh, I'm, I'm speaking a different language that I don't quite recognise. And it was really amazing. It happened so gently. You know, it was, it was like uh, it just happened and so quickly. I didn't even think about it. And I just knew it was the Holy Spirit coming upon me. And I didn't feel fear and it didn't feel unnatural. So, so again, some of those things I had thought it might feel like, it didn't feel that way. And I actually felt excited about it. And since that moment, praying in tongues has brought such a freedom to my relationship with God. And he's used it to bless others in different ways as well. We read in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, uh, Paul says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. You know, it is right for us to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. And maybe you're here today and you've never asked uh, God for the gift of tongues. Perhaps you have been praying about this and it hasn't happened. Disappointments got in. Uh, and you feel stuck in this area. Well, later in the service, uh, Pastor Nicole will be leading us in a time of prayer. And for you, perhaps taking a step today to get unstuck might be coming forward and asking someone to pray with you and believe with you uh, for this gift. Because God desires to give us gifts and good gifts. And He wants to bless us through those gifts, but also use us then to bless other people. But the gift of salvation, well, that's the greatest gift. God offers the gift of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. And next weekend is Easter, and on Good Friday, we stop to remember uh, the sacrifice that Jesus made, his body broken on that cross, beaten, whipped, his name mocked for you and for me. And taking the sin, the sin of humanity, my sin, your sin, on his shoulders upon himself and paying the price for all. And then Easter Sunday, we remember his resurrection. We remember that the, it didn't end on the cross, that the empty tomb three days later, it signifies his resurrection, that he conquered sin and death. And now through Jesus, we experience the gift of salvation, bridging the gap between us and God that our sin caused. Salvation is the first step in getting unstuck for those who don't know Jesus. It's the most important step you can take. And it starts by saying yes to him. Yes to Jesus coming into your heart. Yes to getting unstuck from an old way of life that if you're being honest, hasn't really been working that well for you. And so right now I want to give all of us that opportunity. If you've never received the gift of salvation, you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or maybe you did a long time ago, but you're not sure if you were to die today that you would go to heaven if that's you this morning in a moment with eyes closed across this place, I'll invite you to raise your hand if you're making that decision. And 
I'm not going to embarrass you, ask you to come down the front or anything like that, but by raising your hand, I can celebrate with you. By raising your hand, it's the outward acknowledgement of an inward decision. And members of our team can give you a gift and answer any questions that you may have. So now with eyes closed across this place, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if that's you this morning. If you're asking Jesus into your heart for the first time or you're coming back to him. One, two, three. Is there anyone here making that decision this morning? Asking Jesus into your heart. I don't want to rush this moment. Just let his spirit speak to us right now. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone here? Father God, I thank you that through Jesus we have received the gift of salvation and that you've given us the tools to get unstuck and stay unstuck. And Lord, I ask that you would help each and every one of us to reach out to those in our world distant from you with your love and grace, just as we have received it. Give us boldness to invite people in our world distant from you to our Easter service next Sunday. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, we've talked so far that getting unstuck is most importantly receiving the gift of salvation. And perhaps you did want to raise your hand. You weren't quite sure. You've got some questions. Please come and see myself or any member of our team. We would love to continue to help you as you work this out in your life. As we outwork our Christian faith, I've mentioned that spending time in His Word, praying in tongues, these are a couple of things that we can uh, be doing to help us get unstuck. Here are some other ways we can get unstuck. Number three, being in the house of God. Hebrews 10 uh, verses 24 to 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us not give up meeting together. What a privilege it is to be in the house of God together, worshipping our Heavenly Father as members of the body of Christ. If I was here on my own today and right now I was talking to rows of empty seats, it would be pretty ordinary. I love that we get to come together and worship our Saviour in heaven. It's such a wonderful, liberating thing that I'd love doing every week. If we want to get unstuck, then I believe that regularly being in church is a wise step and a crucial component. It builds our faith as we share and worship and fellowship with one another. It helps us to stay accountable in our Christian walk. And it's a place where we can be encouraged and receive prayer. Who doesn't need some of that in their life? When we are feeling unstuck, churches, when we are feeling stuck, church is exactly where we need to be. You know, don't be fooled by the enemy's lies. Like I said before, he'll do anything to distract us from the, the real things that we need to be focusing on. There's power in gathering together and lifting his name. And there's new wine available for C3 Quinn's speech as we gather together in his house, coming and bowing before his throne with hearts engaged, humbled and open to receive from him all he wants to pour out. He doesn't want us to leave here the same way that we came in. He wants to actually do something in our lives. Who also wants a bit of that? Amen. I need him to do that. Number four, getting free from the things, things of your past getting free from unforgiveness and resentment. You know when you think about that person who has hurt you, you feel a pit in your stomach. You can't think about that person without your mind being filled with hateful 
thoughts, you have a picture of them on your wall and you throw darts at it. Okay, no, that's just me? All right. (laughs) Perhaps you're here today and you have been really hurt in ways that a person shouldn't be hurt. And can I just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you've been hurt in that way. Forgiveness doesn't mean condoning the behaviour of that person or those people that have wronged you, but it is the intentional choice to say, I forgive you. Letting Jesus come into that space, trusting that his authority and grace is greater than that hurt. Unforgiveness is poison and it keeps us stuck. And as long as we're harbouring that unforgiveness and resentment, the enemy's glad because we're not moving anywhere from that place. But as soon as we make that decision to forgive, we get unstuck and we move forward into liberty and healing. And I know people who have suffered tremendous hurt due to the actions of others, but they've made the conscious decision to forgive, to not let unforgiveness rule in their heart. And they've been immensely healthier for it, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Are you stuck in unforgiveness today? Take a step. Let new wine flow into that space. Number five, stir up the gift. Do something you've never done before. Never lifted your hands in praise and worship. Never invited a friend distant from Christ to church. Never served because you were afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Got a business idea, but afraid of rejection. So you've just let it sit like a book collecting dust on the shelf. Never been to connect group. Made the decision to be water baptised, signed up for Alpha. Never gone to that mums group where you can meet mums in your season of life. Never prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Signed up for men's camp. Attended Friday night youth. Never asked God for that gift because you're afraid of the unknown. In a moment we're going to worship. So as the worship team prepares, I want you to hear this, to stir up the gift. That's what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 or other translations say, fan into flame the gift of God. We want to stir up. We want to fan into flame the gifts that are in us. You're not here by by some mistake. God has intentionally put you on this earth and you have gifts in you that are actually meant to bless other people. That is amazing to me that He's uniquely wired each and every one of us. None of us are the same. And that's a good thing because you are uniquely wired to be able to influence in wherever the area is that you you serve, that you work. That is unique. And you can shine out His love in a way that is going to minister to those people that are in your area of influence. So stir up, fan into flame the gift that is in you. Let it come forth. Do something you've never done before. Today, let's hear God. Let's take a step and move into our future. I invite you to stand and we're going to worship together before Pastor Nicole comes to share with us. Amen. That's the cry of our heart today, God. We want you more. God, we stand here with our hearts open to hear what it is that you would say to us today. That we would be prompted by your Holy Spirit that whatever it is that we need to do, Whatever it is that we need to, that movement that we need to make towards you to become unstuck and to have that new wine, we pray you would move in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
had um, such a sense at the beginning of 2019 that God was wanting to move so much more in his power and that he was going to do that in individual lives and do it corporately here at C3 Church, Queen's Beach. And that it was going to accelerate, that there was going to be momentum building. And so I was really excited to hear what Pastor Phil was saying that God and God is doing that across not just the C3 movement but across the whole body of Christ around the world. Isn't that exciting? And as Eden and Pastor Phil have shared, there are some things that can inhibit us from the fullness of having everything that God has to offer us. And Jesus, is, Jesus encourages us to not be put off easily. We can get discouraged, we can get distracted, but he, we need to seek God's Spirit persistently. And he tells a story in Luke 11 to show the power of persistence in even imperfect human relationships. And then he goes on to explain how persistence is just as important in your relationship with God. So have a look in Luke 11:5. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine who is on a journey has come to visit me and I have nothing to serve him. And from inside he answers, do not bother me. The door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything just because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence and boldness, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. Jesus deals with some of the principal difficulties you may have in receiving from God in this area. And one of those is doubt. You know, people have many doubts in this whole area. They wonder, if I ask will I receive? And Jesus says simply in verse 9, So I say to you, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking persistently receives and he who keeps on seeking persistently finds and to him who keeps on knocking persistently the door will be opened. So Jesus must have seen that they're a little bit sceptical because he repeats it in a different way. Keep on seeking, you will find. And then again he says a third time, keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. He knows human nature, so he says for a fourth time, for everyone who asks, receives. And they're not convinced, so he says it a fifth time, everyone who keeps on seeking, finds. And then a sixth time, to everyone who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. So why does he do this six times? Because he knows our tendency to doubt. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. For everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives. And he who seeks and keeps on keeping, seeking finds. And to him who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door shall be opened. And I experienced this three years ago. I had um, excruciating pain in my feet. I kept saying to Steve, can you look at my feet? I must have glass in my feet. I've stepped on glass. He said, there's nothing wrong. I can't see anything. And after months, uh, I went, someone said, I know what that is. You need to go and see a podiatrist because I, I could barely walk. And I was diagnosed with plantar fasciitis. And it's not really a big deal, but the podiatrist was saying, well, it takes from about two to ten years to have some reprieve from it with constant treatment. 
So I did everything that I could medically and practically, like got the right shoes and did all the things I was told. But I also kept on asking for prayer. I was really persistent. I was just knocking and seeking. And at every connect group, I was visiting all the connect groups that year. Every connect group, they're like, what are we going to pray for? I'm like, please pray for my feet. And every prayer meeting, I'm like, please pray for my feet. And every altar call, I'd come up and was, please pray for my feet. Really believing that God was going to move. And um, then we had a week of prayer and um, during that time I probably was able to go to about 12 out of 15 of the meetings during that week and every time I got prayer for my feet. And by the end of the week I had miraculous healing. I had absolutely no pain, nothing there. Went back to the podiatrist, the remedial master. They were like pressing it going, can't you feel it? I said, no, there's nothing. They're like, what happened? I said, well, I did all the things I was meant to do. But I prayed and God healed me. They're like, okay. But they can't question that because they know how bad it was and they, they're like trying to press to make it hurt and there's nothing there completely healed and it was one of those things where it was a persistence to keep on keep on keep on be that awesome, give me the bread come on <laughs> just oh just keep her quiet give her what she wants <laughs> but there's other times I've been healed by the Holy Spirit when he's given me um, some reveal some things that I need to actually change in my life like lifestyle things he said well you've got to work on your food and your diet and your exercise and different lifestyle choices and who knows I'd much rather have an instant healing than have to use self-discipline and, and do that sort of thing and put it to work but obedience pays off so we provide opportunities for the Holy Spirit to move for his power to be displayed we have prayer meetings here and Yanni, can you share your testimony just what happened at one of the prayer meetings this week, this month? Um, yes, yeah, so we had a prayer meeting here on 24 hours of prayer. So we had a prayer meeting actually here at Queens Beach. Um, and Pastor Nicole opened up prayer for healing and things like that. Um, and she came over to me and I've been quite sick for a few months now since like October and it got a little bit to the point of, well, I guess this is my life now. I guess I'm just sick. Um, <laughs> I was like, cool, I'm 20, but I'm broken. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, she prayed. And I'll be honest, a while I like, I just didn't bother praying because I was like, man, God doesn't, it, I'm not going to bother him with an insignificant issue. But then Pastor Nicole and Lee prayed. And then since then, no more vomiting, no more sick. It's just been incredible. Like he's moved so powerfully. Even on Friday, we had a youth girl. We had a bunch of 12-year-old girls praying for their friend and she got healed from scoliosis in her back. You could feel the straightness. I'd felt the curve before. It was completely straight. So God is, yeah, moving incredibly through prayer at Queen's Beach. Absolutely. So we keep on seeking for more of his Holy Spirit and for his wisdom and power in our lives. And if, and if you've cleared the first hurdle of doubt, you may trip on the next one, which something that um, Eden mentioned is fear. And the fear is about what you will receive. Will it be something good? Jesus particularly relates this to receiving the Holy Spirit. Um, you may find it very difficult to believe that God would give you anything, let alone something as wonderful as his Holy Spirit and the gifts that come from the Spirit. And Jesus uses analogy of a human father here in verse 11. He says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Right? It's unthinkable that we would treat our children like that. Verse 13, if you then being evil that is sinful by nature know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask? And Jesus says that in comparison to God, we are evil. But if we would not treat our children like that, it is inconceivable that God would treat us like that. Inconceivable. (laughs) God will not let you down. If you ask for the Holy Spirit and all the wonderful gifts he brings, that is exactly what you will receive. And you may have a vague feeling of unworthiness and inadequacy. You may not believe that God would give you anything. It's sometimes easier to believe that he will give um, gifts to the advanced Christians among us. (laughs) But Jesus does not say, oh, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to all the very advanced Christians? He says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He wants to give us his power. As Pastor Phil said, because we are called to minister and we have that authority from heaven. Power and authority are words that are rightly we associate with Jesus' ministry. However, they are not unique to Jesus. Jesus called his disciples together and gave them power and authority to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick in Luke 9. And this is a ministry that every one of Jesus' disciples is called to. Do we have Matthew 28 there? Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're doing some baptizing this afternoon after church. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's our mandate that, we, that Jesus gave us. One of the last things that he said before he left earth. His power and authority are available to you as you follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Put your faith and trust in him and offer yourself to do his will. And Jesus sends you out into the world with power and authority to proclaim the gospel and heal the sick. And as Lee mentioned before, we only need faith just the size of a mustard seed. And there's a mustard seed, little thing that I saw. I've got a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. Come on, that's what I want to hear from us this week. That's all we need. Luke 5.17, the power of the Lord was there to heal them. Some men took a man who was not able to move his body to Jesus. He was carried on a bed. They looked for a way to take the man into the house where Jesus was, but they could not find a way to take him in because of so many people. They made a hole in the roof over where Jesus stood. Talk about persistence. Then they let the bed with the sick man on it down before Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Friend, your sins are forgiven. In verse 24, I say to you, get up, take your bed and go to your home. At once the sick man got up in front of them. He took his bed and went to his home thanking God. All those who were there were surprised and gave thanks to God saying, We have seen very special things today. Do you want to experience his power and see some special things? Do you want to see what happens, that that happened to your family and your friends too? We want to live it and we want to share it. When we bring our friends to meet Jesus, they experience not only salvation and forgiveness, but also his power, including healing. 
and we don't even have to take the tiles off the roof to come into God's presence, right? We're making a way. We provide older calls. We have prayer meetings where you can come and bring your request to God. And the new wine is available today, right here, right now. We've seen God's power here at Quinns Beach. We've heard the power that Lee experienced in her testimony. We had four people last week receive jobs. Christelle, who isn't here today, she's had a miraculous healing in her foot. Um, We've had my testimony of the feet. We've had Yanni's testimony. We've had the youth girl on Friday night. This is all things that have happened recently. So right now we're going to open up the altar so that you can linger in his presence and become unstuck. We're going to step out in faith. Come hungry for him, more of his presence, seeking him, ready to receive a good gift. Come now with that little tiny mustard seed of faith you have and we will pray with you. In the power and authority given to us in Jesus' name. Believing that he hears us and he answers our prayers that stand as we agree together. We're going to come now for healing, jobs, impartation, breakthrough, freedom to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Whatever you need, come now. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.